Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We have another fantastic YRLA interview today. So today I have with me someone that I've actually interviewed before, before I was on YRLA. Her name is Yana Ludwig. You may remember her as the candidate that ran for U.S. Senate in Wyoming. She and I spoke uh, back towards the beginning of the year, and now she's back, which I'm really excited to have her on because she's awesome. Welcome, Yana. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, of course. So um, I wanted to have you on today so that we could discuss uh, your campaign, how that went. And then also, uh, I've been told you have a new book coming out. So we're going to be talking about that, which is really exciting. (laughs) Um, You know, so first of all, tell us, you know, how have you been holding up um, with the pandemic, with everything that's been going on? And tell us a little bit about your campaign. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, the pandemic, I think, has hit everybody in different ways. You know, I definitely um, have had less of my work in the world to do. You know, I work directly with groups around like group dynamics and do a lot of facilitation and consensus and conflict resolution stuff. And you can do some of that online, but it's really far more effective in person. And so, um, you know, so that sort of work stream dried up for me. And in a way that was fine because I still had the election that I was focused on and I had this book that we were working on. So, um, you know, I think it's been, you know, as much as anything else, just, just kind of the emotional impact of like all these things that people have been predicting for a long time about like, hey, society looks like it might be collapsing and the climate's getting worse and we're probably going to see, you know, diseases popping up that are new and different and are going to really hurt people. And so, Watching all of that unfold has been what 2020 has been about for me is seeing all of those things, um, you know, really sort of coming to a head finally. And it's a little surreal. You know, I've been tracking climate stuff for 30 years and to finally have things sort of like arriving in real time and space has been really intense, I think, emotionally for everybody. And I'm certainly, uh, certainly in that as much as anybody else is. Um, And of course, running a political campaign for the first time ever in the midst of this has been wild and was not, not what I thought was going to be happening when I started running last June. (laughs) Like global pandemic, we, that sounds like fun to be running for U.S. Senate during. Just what I needed. Just what we needed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, so our primary was August 18th and um, we did not win the primary, but I came in second in the like most packed field Wyoming has ever seen in the U.S. Senate race. Um, so there were six Democratic candidates when it came down to it, which was shocking. Um, and so to have run as an open socialist and an openly queer woman and a commune resident and like various other weird things about my life. And, you know, in Wyoming, I had almost 5,000 people vote for me for U.S. Senate and that seems like still a little stunning to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and voter turnout was up, you know, in, in this particular race. And so, you know, I feel like we did a good job of inspiring folks who haven't really seen themselves in the political process, um, you know, getting in there, actually registering to vote, had a number of Republicans tell me they were switching parties to vote for me. Um, So, yeah, so it was really interesting, you know, in the final analysis. And I feel really good about what we did. And I 
don't have any idea what's next. This is always people's question. Like, are you going to do it again? I'm like, I, no <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, and it's a really good question. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a lot. I mean, as someone who ran a campaign herself and a way smaller one than yours, mm. you know, cause mine was city council. Yours is on a federal level. Right. Right. Um, the amount of time and energy and resources that it takes to run a campaign is out of control, out Mm. of control. So I I think it's perfectly fair for you to be like, I don't know. I need a breather. Let me think about it. (laughs) Well, and I also have a family to consider. (laughs) And a life, you know, you have a lot of things. Yeah. And I don't know that folks realize, I mean, I certainly didn't before I ran just how hard a like high profile campaign is on your family and your close friends. I mean, watching somebody you love get trolled for like 14 months is like, that is rough, you know, and not being able to like get in there and like defend and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and so I think it was really hard on my family and was hard on my community. And um, yeah. And so, you know, there's part of me that says like, okay, so, you know, we did, we did our thing there and like we don't need to do it again and we can still be supportive and we can still be doing movement building work which is in some ways much more interesting to me um, than this like hyper competitive dynamic thing of like being in um, you know an electoral race and so I kind of think that's where I'm going to end up is like you know it's more about the movement work for me but I don't know you know are you going to do it again you know um Maybe not city council, but I wouldn't rule out um, me running for office again in the future. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I don't know. So right, right now I'm doing YRLA, obviously, yeah, um, yeah. hosting this new show, and it's really fun. And I get to talk about a lot of things that are important. At the same time, you know, being in office gives you the ability to quite literally change policy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not something I've ruled out. Um, but I think at least for the next couple of years, I'm going to be focusing just on, you know, YRLA and, and building this new party with movement for people's party mm-hmm. and just doing the things that we need to do to get Americans what they need. Like what you were just talking about earlier, climate change, there's wildfires right now in California. Um, and they're crazy, you know, actually, um, we have a second guest today and it's going to be Dr. Peter Kalmus who, um, yeah, he's a, he's a climate scientist and he spoke at the people's convention. Um, and that's how I, I met him because I also spoke at the people's convention. And so he's going to be our guest today and we're going to be interviewing him and talking to him about the California wildfires, about climate change, about the fact that Gavin Newsom has given out numerous fracking permits you know crazy like newsom is like supposed to be one of the good ones like what the hell are you doing man you know who newsom reminds me of obama in Uh, the worst ways he's very very, hey guy very charismatic very but behind closed doors he's fucking you just like the rest of them you know and so it's oh and i should take this opportunity to say 
um, I was just on Ryan Knight's podcast, which was amazing. Mm. And um, we were talking about climate change. And Dr. Peter Kalmus did correct me on one thing. So I said it is going to lead to the extinction of the human race. He said not quite the extinction, just billions of us will die. So, right. <laughs> so take that as you will. I know. I know. Uh, well, I've, said, yeah. I've said before on our podcast that like when I'm feeling really uh, – down and really in my grief about climate change, because that's, because I think that's the emotion that we don't often name is grief that, you know, so much is coming apart at the scenes. My prayer is often like, please mama, leave us a hundred thousand people that don't have their heads up their asses. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) And like, let's like rebuild this fucker, you know? Yeah. Um, So that, that's my really depressed prayer mode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it does feel, I, I understand people who feel like there's no hope. There is hope, but I understand why they feel that way because it's all so much, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't know what we can trust our government on. We right. don't know what's real. We don't know what's fake. Even the mainstream news a lot of times is giving us misinformation or not giving us information on things that are happening. Yeah. Yep. And our government officials lie to us all the time. All the time. All the time. So it's just so difficult um, when you've got a crisis. And then on top of that, you have a crisis of confidence. Because the the, the people that are supposed to represent you and take care of you, that's what we pay them for. Mm -hmm. They don't actually represent us or take care of us. They just take care of their rich buddies. So it's just so, it's like, ugh. And I totally get that feeling, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, because it's not just a crisis that we're having, but it's like layers and layers of crisis and they're all connected. You know, it's like, they're all this intersection between like our politics and our economics and our culture. And, you know, and it's stuff that has lots of momentum to it. You know, there's like a very large flywheel that is very slow to, you know, to change. And it's like, it's like, we're in this like, you know, one of those like ocean liners and it takes many, 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 many miles to turn it a couple degrees. And that is the reality. And things are urgent. Like we don't have like miles and miles and miles of space. And so what do you do with that? Like a, like on a really fundamental level, there's that, um, there's that, I don't know what I can do. I feel very small in the midst of all of it. And, um, and I think that, all of us are individually having to make these choices about like, where can my energy do the most good right now? And I think like, we don't even know how to analyze that most of us. And so it's just, um, we just freeze. I mean, I think a lot of us are just frozen right now and not sure where to go and where to plant ourselves, you know, as we're moving forward. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. It's, it's like disorienting everything that's going on because there's a, a health crisis and then there's an economic depression and then there's an incompetent government. So it's all, you know, right. together. So, but, you know, speaking of figuring out where we can put our energies, why don't you tell me a little bit about what projects you're working on now and tell us about your book that you've got coming out. When is it coming out? What's it about? What was the process like? Tell us all about it. Okay, so um, so it's um, as of right now, it's due out um, October eighth. So very oh, soon. Very soon. Yeah, in fact, tomorrow we hand it off 
to the um, the layout person. So it is very close to going into production right now. And so, um, so I published a book in 2017 called Together Resilient, Building Community in the Age of Climate Disruption. And so climate's been a big focus of mine for a long time. And that book focused a lot on um, like locally self-determined and self-governed responses to climate disruption, both, um, you know, creating communities that are more resilient, but also like really reducing our carbon footprints by like direct local place-based community organizing. Um, and it had in it, um, you know, a, a whole platform of, you know, economic reform and political reform, because a lot of that work would be a lot easier if we were in a different legislative context than we are. And as I was writing that, the chapter on cooperative culture and group dynamics and like groups working together kept getting longer and longer and longer. And <laughs> my, my editor and publisher and I finally sat down and went, I think there's this whole other book in here that is really the how to do collaboration and cooperation and that is really about analyzing mainstream American culture. And so this is the book that's about to come out is that book. It's called the Cooperative Culture Handbook. Um, and it's basically a manual for social change at the small group level, but it's also doing this like high level analysis of what the cultural context is that we're in right now and why it is so enmeshed with particularly our economic system, you know, but also a lot of like abuse systems and whatnot that we all sort of live with in the United States. And, and I think is most closely maps onto sort of white middle-class culture. And there's lots of subcultures in the US that what we're talking about doesn't necessarily um, track 100% on top of it, but who has the political power Yes. That's your white middle upper class people. And so it's really looking at that intersection. But we take the whole culture that we're in right now and we break it down into 26 different parts that all have like distinct pieces to them and then have exercises for groups and individuals um, to be able to actually be, you know, starting to like unplug all of that stuff and sort of re- um, you know, it's really in some ways about kind of rewiring ourselves as people and away from this sort of competitive individualism and toward something that is more about cooperation and collaboration and justice. And so that's really what the book is all about. And I have a co-author for this one, a um, woman named Karen Gimnig that I've been working with the last year on the project. So we're very excited. I go right from this call back into... <laughs> our work on the book. This is this is my break from being up to my eyeballs in this book today. Um, I think that's fantastic. By the way, we'd love to get a, a copy of it. Just let us know where we can purchase it. Great. We'll, we'll be happy to, to read it and, and talk about it on the show. I think that's really interesting that you're making a book about that specific topic because something that I've discussed before is the culture here is very interesting. I say this as somebody who was born in another country, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. The culture here is very interesting. It is very extremely individualistic. Yeah. And yep. I think that that's a hurdle that we need to learn to push past mm -hmm. in order to be able to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. Yep. So I think it's incredibly interesting that you're writing a book on that. And I will be reading it because that's a topic that almost nobody talks about. And yet it's so important. And, and you, you notice it right away. You may not notice it 
if you were, you know, grew up in it and, and you never really looked to see what the differences are in other cultures. But if you've been exposed to other cultures, it's mm-hmm. very apparent and very stark right away. Right. The way life is led here. People don't really commune. You really only see it in smaller cities. That's why you have that small town feeling where everybody knows each other. What that really means is those are communities where people are still, you know, connecting yeah. and working yeah. together. And once you get into these bigger cities and bigger communities, that doesn't happen. Right. You know? right. And, and well, even, and you see it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. And you see it play out like right now, like, you know, so I'm in Wyoming and um, we still don't have a mask ordinance and we have people, I mean, and it's just this, like, you know, it's turned into this conspiracy theory thing of like, you're trying to make me do something and that's fascism. And it's like, no, we're asking you to give a shit about other people around you, but that is not American culture. Like there's been, yes, it's so weird. It is. It is. We're like, you know, Americans consistently say it's more important for me to be able to do my thing than it is for everybody to be taken care of. And that's the crux of why we need to be doing this. And all of us who are trying to do movement building work and any kind of cooperative work, whether that's, you know, in residential communities like what I live in, or it's, you know, what you're trying to do with starting a new political party we go in with cooperative intentions and we bump very quickly into the buzzsaw of all of this competitive individualistic stuff and our groups fail more than they succeed. And I think it's a cultural problem. And there are so many fronts that people are trying desperately to work on right now for culture change, whether, you know, whether that's climate change or health ordinances or whatever. And, we can't get the change that we want until we do some of this cultural work. And so that's really why we're doing it. Yeah. That's so, so well put. Well, thank you so much for being us with, uh, with us here today, Yana. I so look forward to reading the book. Um, please let us know how to uh, get a hold of it. I'd love to get a yeah. signed copy from you. Um, that would be great. And we'll definitely read it. It's coming out very soon. Um, so I'll get all your links for everything uh, mm-hmm. at the end of this video. And it will all be in the description for everybody to check it out so that you can purchase great. a book. You can follow her on social media. Uh, yeah. She's really great. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we let you go? Uh, I don't think so. Just like I'm delighted that you all are working on this party and this like new political party thing. I think it's really important and who knows where it's going to go, but it's very exciting that it's happening. And so thank you so much for your work. I'm really appreciating it. Yeah, no, thank you. And I know, you know, you've got your hands full with just kind of trying to reset your life and everything, but you're always welcome to join us. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate the invitation. Of course, of course. Okay, wonderful, everybody. This was Yana Ludwig. Uh, I I am sure we will have you on again. You're an awesome guest to interview. We'll have all of her links so you can follow her, get her book down below. Thank you so much, Yana. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi everyone, thanks for stopping by and spending time with us today. We hope you enjoyed the video. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons and support us on Patreon so we can keep bringing you some amazing content. You can also follow us on social media, links are all below. We'll see you guys next time and remember, this is your revolution.